In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, you can imagine yourself at the site, this funeral procession, this horrible tragedy, this woman who was already a widow, losing her only son. She had no support. Her life was over. Imagine grieving for this poor woman, knowing, not knowing where her next meal would come from, And then the wonder worker from Nazareth shows up and raises the child. And of course, there would be a great fear. I would be terrified. But what if you said, you know, there was another funeral last week. And nobody was raised from the dead. And a couple weeks before that, there were those two children who died in the fire. And nobody raised them. And if you're a little older... You might think of a granddaughter saying, why didn't God heal mom? We were all very happy for this poor woman whose son was raised from the dead. She wouldn't be destitute. But if we're honest with ourselves, really honest, sometimes we wonder. Doesn't seem to really be fair. Now, if this were a class in philosophy, I'd have diagrams on the board. I would say phrases like epistemological humility. I would talk about we're really not smart enough to know whether or not God's doing a good job managing the universe. And it would all be true, and none of it would be helpful, at least not in this context. Working in hospitals time and again in tragic situations, there was a grieving relative who, if they weren't throwing full cans of soda at the doctor saying, you killed grandma, someone would point to the chaplain as if to say, go get him. And time and again, I was yelled at and said, how can you see all of this and still believe? It's a good question for us to ask ourselves as we place ourselves at the foot of the cross. How can we see all of this and still believe? But think of it. Put yourself in that situation. A child asks, Why did this one die? Why was this one raised up? Why did this one stay sick? Why did that one get better? Well, we're not here to evaluate God's job. But we are here to help our children of whatever age, those who are new in faith and haven't walked far with the Lord. We have to teach them to face life's challenges with the faith. That includes very difficult topics like sickness and death. So how would you do it? How would you explain to a child why that person stayed dead? This one didn't. You might begin this way. You say, God, being God, always and can only give us his best, even if we can't see it. And whether or not your child believes you has a lot to do with whether or not your child has seen you practice the faith. And we might say that God loves us More than we love each other, more than we love ourselves. 
And real love always wants the best for the beloved. And because we are the beloved of God, what he wants most for us is himself. St. Ignatius Loyola speaks of the first principle and foundation. Man is created for the praise, reverence, and service of God, and thereby to save his soul. So what matters is not our circumstances, he says, not sickness or health, wealth or poverty, short life, long life, state of life. What matters is, am I using what's right in front of me to get me to heaven? Anything that comes our way can be redemptive if we bring it to God. And spending time with this child is a difficult topic, and you'll have to do it more than once. You have to go through the scriptures, and you have to go through the lives of the saints. And please, God, you'll be able to give testimony from your own lives, saying, God is faithful, God is faithful, God is faithful, and sometimes life hurts. And sometimes life very apparently isn't fair. And God is faithful, and God must win. And then we have to lower our expectations. I remember hearing a talk about Fulton Sheen said he gave a lecture at Catholic University about the Trinity. And afterwards, a woman rubbed him and said, Oh, Bishop Sheen, thank you for your lecture on the Trinity. I understand it perfectly now. And he said, Oh, I'm so sorry that I must have done it wrong. On this kind of topic, you just have to learn to repeat yourself and do lots and lots and lots of listening. And what we do is we plant seeds and we plant seeds, and we plant seeds. Child who suffers a great loss, the seeds you plant might not bear fruit for years and years and years. And that's a hard thing to witness, to see a child going through life lost and alone, convinced that she's an orphan. It's a hard thing to witness, but we have to plant the seeds. It is not up to us when and how it bears fruit. It's not up to us who will cultivate that fruit. But in the moment, it is up to us to plant the seeds. And God will hold us to account if we don't. And in this context, prepare for emotions. And just let it all come out. People who grieve are not always rational. They might have to cough up a lot of emotional hairballs. Just let that happen. Don't argue with it. Don't let those emotions be buried alive. Anything that's buried alive always comes back very angry and with a to-do list. So let all those emotions come out. And when a young person is grieving, that child needs to know that you're not afraid of her emotions. That she can say anything that she wants, and you'll stay with her. Warrior side by side, the whole journey, all the way home.
The child needs to know that you're going to live that promise. And then we have to teach children to pray for the dead. Please, God, let's not take people to celebrations of life anymore. Do not do that for me. I'll come back and haunt you. I I want solemn high requiem masses. I want rosary crusades. I'm going to need help. So I'm counting on you for that. Teach them how to pray for the dead. Teach them about the communion of saints. Teach them about the works of mercy, corporal and spiritual. Mrs. Jones lost her husband. We're making casseroles this week. Mrs. Jones needs some help. We're going to paint her garage. Mrs. Jones needs a babysitter. We're going over. We have to teach children to be very practical and very generous when there's very unglamorous things to do, like scrubbing floors. And we should teach our children how to play, how to pray the chaplet of the sorrowful mother and see that Our Lady suffered everything that her son suffered in her immaculate heart. And she persevered and she did not despair and she did not stop trusting God. These are difficult things to think about after the spring equinox, when the days are getting longer and the sun is coming up earlier. It's still Lent, and in very many places in the world, it's going to be Lent and winter for a very long time. And somewhere in your life, there is a broken-hearted person who needs to see that you will persevere, that you will not buckle under the pain or the strain, and that you will trust God no matter what. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.